How many of you have felt anxious, expectedly waiting for something? Maybe your heart, palms are sweating, your knees are knocking, you feel your heart thumping in your chest. If you've ever felt that, you might understand what we're going to talk about today. I am Dr. Dini. I am the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm a family doctor, international speaker, best-selling author of the book, Every Mom is a Supermom, and your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. On this show, we talk about motherhood, the beautiful things, the good, the bad, the ugly. We also talk about the challenges that we face as mothers. And most importantly, we share practical ways that we could improve our well-being. Well-being is not just about your mind, but it's about your body, about your spirit, and about your soul. It's a holistic view to well-being. So welcome to another episode of the Well-Being for Mothers show. If you have not already, subscribe, please, and leave a review. Very importantly, share this with someone. You never know who needs to hear the message today. Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Now, for a very long time, we used to talk about anxiety and we didn't think of it as a diagnosis. It was more of, oh, I'm anxious about this. The exams are coming. I remember in primary school when we had examinations because we needed to do examinations to go to high school. I know some people just kind of float into high school, but we needed to do examinations. And these examinations were quite um, demanding. And when we did these examinations, people were wondering, oh, I hope I passed. I, got, I hope I got enough score, maybe read the cutoff mark and probably excelled that so I could get into the school of my choice. And so that was something that we faced, especially with examinations. And for a long time, I dreaded examinations. And I still had that anxious feeling of worry. Would I get this? Would I make it? Would I achieve this? This is something we face as mothers. Sometimes it's not just for us, but for our children as well. I don't know how many of you have got children who have written exams. And while the child is writing the exam, you are anxious yourself. <laughs> exactly. That is something that we mothers face. So we need to recognize when our body is feeling that state of anxiousness. And we need to know how best to support ourselves through that phase. Now, when I talk about the anxiousness or the anxiety in this section, I'm not talking about the clinical diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder, okay? If you want a discussion about that, I could go down the roots and we can talk about that in detail. And that's something I'd love to hear from you. If this is something you want us to go into detail about, by all means, let me know and I'll be able to create an episode where we delve into it in more detail. But today, we're talking about that feeling of expectedness, of perhaps worry sometimes that comes when we are not sure what's going to happen. Now, from the previous episode, we talked about the way mental health challenges impact mothers. When we focus on the past, we could be dwelling in a state of sadness, depression. Sometimes when we focus on the future, 
we tend to move into a place of anxiety, of worry. And that is one place we find ourselves in, especially when we have little ones. And these little ones could either be a newborn, it could be a school age child, it could be a university graduate, or even um, a middle-aged adult. But a child, your child is still your child. So one of the very interesting ways that anxiety and that state of being anxious has hit me or manifested has been dry mouth. Now, have you ever found uh, a situation, maybe at work, you were maybe meant to present a paper or do some certain task and you're not particularly sure how to, and you start to lick your lips and go on, um, your mouth just goes dry. You can't find the words. Mm -hmm. If that has ever happened to you, this is so relatable. And you know, the funny thing about it, as your mouth goes dry, you start to sweat in those places. You rather not sweat your palms. You have increased flow of sweat in your armpits and you go, oh my goodness. This is going to show through my blouse. <laughs> now, I know I might be going into some details, but this is something that especially working mothers, if you're working in corporate where you're going out, doing presentations, speaking, and you have that level of anxiousness, this may present. Later on today, I'm going to go through the um, how you can, what you can do in the moment to help to change, reverse, or manage this state of anxiousness, okay? So bear with me with the symptoms that you will be feeling. So another very interesting one is where you feel like your, your limbs go limp or sometimes numb. And in some cases, some people have this pins and needles sensation and they can't really put a finger on it, why it's happening or what is going on. Another one very important thing people need to recognize is sometimes people think they're having a heart attack when they're actually anxious. They are so worried, so terrified of the future, of what is about to happen or what is probably not going to happen. And unfortunately, their whole body goes into hyperdrive, into hyper expression. And what happens with that is. They start to have their heart racing. They start to experience palpitations. They might feel as though their chest is squeezing in and they start to sweat profusely. That's exactly how I felt on a particular day when I had just heard some news. Now, I was waiting for news. I was expecting good news, really. <laughs> but um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And while I was waiting for the news to come through, that was the results, you know, the way um, results were displayed in medical school. Ooh, now, I'll tell you, medical school was a very interesting place. They took examinations to a different level. Why? Because when they did the exams, 
they didn't just send you your report or oh, this your report privately on a very big notice board they put the results out there with your name and your score and your matriculation number everybody knew what you got everybody knew whether you passed or you did not it was just uh, it wasn't great anyway so here we were expecting the results my palm was sweating <laughs> my knees were knocking my heart was vibrating violently within my chest i kept saying to myself well I, I know you tried everything i know you did everything right okay let's go check it out let's go check it so there i was hand on my chest okay take it easy just breathe just breathe and i got there and i was looking through and i did not see my name <laughs> and you know sometimes when you don't see your name and in the area you expect your name to be you get worried so I was like, oh, well, what's going on? And then I went again, and then I found my name. And I was like, oh, good Lord. Oh. And that was a kind of calm and peace that came at that point when I knew that that expectation, that anxiousness had passed. So in that state of anxiousness, there are so many things that can go on that can go wrong and that can impact our well-being. So very importantly, when whether it's an examination, it's a job presentation, it's a financial challenge, whether it is something that you are worried about or something that you are very happy or you're sure that it's going to happen and then suddenly it doesn't happen, anxiousness can creep in at any time now there was something very interesting i had a discussion with my son and at that point in time i was driving him to school and while we were having this discussion of course his sister was there and she said to, he said to me mommy i don't know but i feel somehow today and i said oh how so? Tell me. And he said, well, there are butterflies in my tummy. Okay. All right. Now, this was a new year, a new academic year. So it was going to a new class. And I thought, hmm, this boy is exhibiting signs. He does not know yet of anxiousness. Okay, so he is looking at the future of, oh, this new class, how am I going to be? So I decided not to play therapist, but also to give him a listening ear. And so I said, okay, so what, what do you think might be causing the butterflies to flutter in your tummy? Well, what's making them fly about in your tummy? He said, mommy, I don't know. Do I have butterflies in my tummy? I said, well, tell me what you feel. He says, it just feels a little bit, <laughs> and that's the way he described it. So I was like, okay, so what do you think might be going on? And he couldn't find the words. So I said, okay, how do you feel? So tell me. He said, um, um, I want to know what's going to happen. I said, what's going to happen where? 
in my new class. Oh, I said, really? You want to know what's going to happen in your new class? That is good news because it is good to want to know what's going to happen in your new class. And when I said that to him, I also noticed that he's, it validated how he felt because he probably was trying to check with me saying, oh, this is how I feel. Is it okay? I said, yes, it's okay. Yeah, you need to know. And I think it's a good idea as well. Then he adjusted in his car seat and then said, you know, mommy, I think I'm excited. Oh my goodness. That was such an important moment. Now, if I was not driving, I would have given him a big hug at that point when he said that. But that was a lesson for me. It was an eureka moment for me. Because before then, I had had many times of that I felt worried about the future, about my life, about the lives of my children, what was going to happen. So many reasons and so many situations. And yes, I had those sweaty palms. Yes, I had the butterflies in my tummy. Yes, I had the palpitations sometimes. But then my son described his experience as I feel excited. That was a moment where I realized that you can reframe the way you feel. And so the moment he said that, I said, wow, that is brilliant. So now that you're excited, there's so many things you can do. What do you think you can do at school? Because you're so excited. And then he started to go on and on. And my son can't talk. <laughs> he can't talk. And so he went on and on. And while he was talking, I kind of drifted off a little bit because I was pondering what he had just said. I did not realize that by virtue of what he had said, I had found a solution to my own problem of being in that state of anxiousness. So today I'm going to share with you the first step to deal with anxiousness or that level of intense anxiety that we can feel as mothers every now and again, courtesy of the discussion with my son. And that is the reframe. That reframe is to take that feeling that you're experiencing, whether it's the restlessness or the palpitations or any of the ones I've mentioned earlier, and to reframe the description of it from I'm feeling anxious to I am excited. I am feeling excited. Okay? Imagine. I am feeling anxious. How does that make you feel? I am feeling excited. How does that make you feel? Even as I'm saying it, the energy in my voice is coming through like, wow, I'm excited. But you know, physiologically, biochemically, the body does not know the difference between that state of heightened emotion of anxiousness and the heightened emotions of excitement. 
It doesn't know. So why don't we help ourselves by reframing how we capture the moment? So that's the first thing. Now, like I always mention, this practical steps and tips that we share on the show and that I also share with my clients and my coaching program and that I also mention whenever I do my speaking engagements globally, I want you to utilize it. And as you use it, you can show your children how to use it. Because you see, my son taught me something by my communication with him. And if that has come from a child, it is also a great thing that you can also teach children as well. Okay. Now, the next thing you need to look at once you reframe the way you are addressing that level of or that state of anxiousness is to look to remove things. Now, there is something called decluttering. I don't know if you've ever tried to declutter either your living space, your workspace, your email space, your digital space. <laughs> okay. So, Decluttering is something that we tend to do a lot, especially as mothers. Sometimes we declutter our space and sometimes we declutter the spaces of our children. Most importantly, if they have got a tendency to keep things. I remember when my daughter was younger, she would pick up things along with stones, conkers, lots of stuff as she goes on her walk in school. And she piles them, packs them all into her school uniform pockets and sometimes into her bag. Then when she gets home, she empties out all the treasures and arranges them on her windowsill in her bedroom. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have children like that. So <laughs> you might be saying, oh gosh, Dr. Dooney, you've got weird children, right? Okay, well, it's good, to, we, it's good that we have children like this. They bring us so much joy. So when my daughter was doing all that, it was amazing until that windowsill was full of different kinds of stones, shapes and sizes, and I mean, even colors. So we had some brown smooth stones, some brown semi-rough, and we had some black and white stones and some jet black stones, and then some white stones. My goodness, I was like, what is going on here? So at the point, we needed to have a discussion and we talked about the cluttering. <laughs> Sometimes we need to have a discussion with ourselves and have the cluttering exercise. What that decluttering does is to address those things that don't serve us, especially in that moment. A lot of things happen in our lives. A lot of things we are doing, especially if we have got other roles like working or running a business or taking care of our parents, our spouses, our um, friends, whoever it is that we are taking care of. And then of course, taking care of our children. So in those multiple roles, the stresses that we experience can build up quite quickly and quite significantly. If we do not declutter, if we do not let some things flow away, guess what happens? We now start to have a lot of worry built up. Now that built up worry can cause immense pressure and lead to burnout. So you can see how this works. 
Okay. So what are the things that you can remove? Some of these things are things that you have specific to yourself. Perhaps you've got a particular habit of scrolling through your phone in the morning. Now, I don't know how many of you know that that's not particularly a great habit. So we can look at changing that. How do we clear that? Maybe perhaps take your phone from beside your bed or wherever you can reach as soon as you wake up, put it in a different room so that when you wake up, you can do other things before you start to go into scrolling your phone. Now, another thing you can get rid of or you can declutter is the what you consume. Now, this is so important because especially as mothers, we dictate the food, the drink that our family members and ourselves consume, well, predominantly. And as a result of that, we can be very, very influential with what we stock and what we put in our mouths. There are four main things we need to watch out for. Okay. One, alcohol. Now, of course, people are going to say, oh my goodness, we're so boring. Seriously, no alcohol. Now, there is the national or recommended levels, maximum levels for male and female. In the UK, it's 14 units. It might be different in other parts of the world. But it has been found that when you have that 14 units in a week, no more than that, that is a recommended maximum. Okay. I mean, there's no recommended minimum. You can actually decide you don't want to drink alcohol. That's fine. So, by the kind of reducing alcohol intake, if you're taking excess or letting go of it for good, it's up to you. You allow yourself to be more aware and more conscious in the moment. Alcohol can be a drug sometimes. And in excess, it can actually have a a deleterious effect on the way your brain expresses things. Okay. The second thing we need to think of getting rid of or decluttering from our system is caffeine. Now, I don't know any many coffee lovers. We've got uh, the Starbucks fans and the Costa fans and the, uh, what other group? Yeah, coffee drinkers, tea drinkers, mm-hmm, because tea contains caffeine as well, hasn't it got, yeah? So if you're the kind of person, you have to have your morning coffee or you're not awake, or you have to have at least five cups before noon, I'm talking to you. <laughs> it has been found that caffeine is linked to levels of anxiety, to the expression of tremors, palpitations, and all those other features that can be seen when someone is anxious. So being very mindful of that. The third one is processed sugars. Now, processed sugars are, they, they come in different names and different forms. Predominantly, they come in form of sucrose, fructose, fructase, and all those things that you see on some of your labels. So it's very important that you're mindful of what you buy to stock in your house, what you cook, 
And if possible, what you even do when have when you eat out. Many times when we look at processed foods, they are the kind of foods that you kind of get out of the town or you just pop into the microwave and it's ready in a few seconds. Those kind of foods you need to be very wary of because while they may save you time, they may be causing a little bit more damage than you anticipated, okay? And the fourth one is smoking. Now, smoking has been said to kill. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, younger, there used to be these smoking adverts. Maybe I, I remember growing up, we had Marlboro. I think we also had Benson and Hedges. So we had so many type brands that were being advertised on television. And they would say, um, smoking can be dangerous to your health. And that's the way it came across. After some time, I started to see smoking kills. <laughs> I mean, it was just said blatantly like that. So I would put it across that if there is um, a need for support, if you're smoking and you need some support, get in touch with your healthcare professional, get in touch with your doctors. They will be able to support you. There usually is um, a quit squad, a quit smoking squad that you could have access to. Sometimes you can actually access them online and sometimes you can actually get a referral, either self-referral a referral from your healthcare professional. So please do seek help. If you're struggling with any of these things, excess alcohol, um, taking smoking, or um, taking any form of um, street drugs, okay? This is a very important thing. And I think that addressing this goes a long way. I... I'm mentioning this now because sometimes with increased stress, many people have become functioning alcoholics. I mentioned that because there is this thing of, oh, I've put the children in bed. Now it's time for me to sit down and they have a full bottle of wine and a very big glass. And they just start to pour and relax and say, oh, you only live once, you know. And at the point, the glass is not doing its job. You put it down, get the bottle and just start to take it. So let's be aware, okay? Let's be mindful. So we've talked about the two things that you can do when it comes to managing anxiousness, okay? So the first one is the reframe, which my son taught me. And I have used and have taught many mothers to use. The second one is to declutter, to get rid of certain things, okay? So if you're enjoying this, please do not forget to share with someone, okay? It's very important that we spread this around because so many mothers are struggling and we need to make sure that they have practical tips and tools in their toolkit and they can just whoop it out when they need it and take action, okay? Now, very importantly, this one should be the first action thing you should do, really. Uh, I really love it. It's breath work. It's breathing, okay? The way you breathe can calm your nervous system. The way you breathe can reduce the stress and anxiety levels you might be feeling in the moment. And this takes seconds, literally 
seconds. What you do with this te technique is phenomenal. Now, there are so many breathing techniques when it comes to managing anxiety, um, managing stress, trauma, uh, and other things like that. And I could go to town, actually, I could actually write the book about breath work and the impact it has. But today I'm going to just share a very simple one, okay? A very simple technique that you can use using your breath. And very importantly, this is something you can do with your children. Whenever I'm doing my breathing exercises, I tend to recruit my children. They are my uh, partners in progress. When I was preparing to run the marathon, they were my training partners. So my son would go, mommy, come on, let's go. My daughter was the main photographer, taking the videos and taking the pictures because she said, mommy, we need to treasure this moment. So it was so beautiful being able to share that with them. And so sharing the breathing moment with your children is priceless. So let's go through this very simple method. I'll describe it first and then we can carry it on. Now, you might be driving. If you're driving, please make sure you come back and watch this part, okay? Now, you can do the breathing, but please don't close your eyes, okay? Now, this breathing technique is called the box breathing technique. And with the box breathing technique, you breathe in for a count of five, okay? You hold your breath for a count of five. You breathe out for a count of five, and then you hold your breath in exhalation for a count of five. I hope that makes sense. So we're going to do it together. Now, when I say breathe in, I will count, then I'll tell you what to do, and I will count, okay? So we could do it together. So you can sit down comfortably if you're not driving or breathing heavy machinery, okay? Feel comfortable, a bit stretched, good. Take a couple of deep breaths in and out. Excellent. Okay, so what we're going to do now is the five counts, breathing in, holding, and breathing out and holding. Okay, so let's do that. Just like a box. Let's breathe in together. One, two, three, four, five. And then you hold. One, two, three, four, five. And then you breathe out. One, two, three, four, five. And then you hold in exhalation. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. So it's hard to speak and breathe at the same time, but I was counting so that you would know how to do it. Okay. If you were watching this video, and I've done a video on my YouTube channel about the box breathing technique, which when you're working, when you're watching, you I don't count it out. I actually count my fingers. I don't say the words so I can actually do the breathing along with you. So feel free to go into my channel. Make sure you subscribe and also go through the contents in there. There's lots of lovely things for you. Okay. So that is a very important and simple breathing technique that not only fills your lungs, allows you to feel more energized, but also helps you to get yourself from a heightened state of anxiousness to a state of calm. Okay. So 
that is another very important method that you can utilize. Now, the final one I'm going to talk about today is physical activity. Do you know that there are times when you might feel, oh gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this done? Oh, I'm so confused. And you're worried about something. And while you're agitated, you're having the tremors, you're having the restlessness, that can wear you down. What if you could translate that to some form of physical activity that is beneficial to your health? Yeah. So this can come in the form of if you are a member of a gym and you feel like hitting the gym, by all means, go hit the gym. But if you're like me, that has that is not um, someone who goes to the gym like that, you can decide you want to get up, go for a walk. You may decide that you want to get up and do some star jumps. You may decide that you want to get up and go swimming. So the physical activity you would like to engage in is entirely your choice. But it's so important that you recognize all these options you have. Do not forget that when you are faced with a state of heightened emotions, potential worry, potential anxiety, potential um, expressions of dread or fear, there is a way you can reset it and reframe the way you view it from anxiousness to excitement. And also you can declutter and clear things out. You can also ensure that you breathe. And finally, you engage in physical activity. I hope this has served you today. It's been an absolute pleasure being on the show again today. What I'm going to do today is to share with you a free web class. And this web class covers steps to help with burnout. It's such an important thing that we as mothers need to have. So if you are going through a state of increased stress, either you're feeling burned out already or you're about to get there, or maybe you're not even in burnout, you're not feeling too stressed, but you don't want to get burned out. So feel free to click on the link or put it in the description and join the free web class. I look forward to seeing you there. I am Dr. Dini, your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show, the award-winning mom empowerment coach, and I wish you well in this journey that we are embarking together to enhance our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. Take care and stay well.